This is CliffCentral.com. I am excited. This is Professor David Block. It's our weekly feed entitled Looking Up with Professor David Block. And each week, it's just so exciting to take you to the cutting edge of our dreams and our aspirations, both in the world above and in the world below. Now, a number of people might wish to reach us in studio, and there are a number of methodologies of doing so. Why don't you just pick up the phone and dial me at 0861 That's 0861 The Twitter handle is at cliffcentral.com. Uh, Facebook, Cliff Central, but certainly the WeChat ID is just the one that the people seem to love, Duncan. My producer today is Duncan, and he's cooking with gas. And Duncan, the WeChat ID is Cliff Central. Now, I have thought long and hard about having very special guests on our show, and we have. Uh, We've been privileged to interview some truly amazing people, some truly amazing entrepreneurs, uh, and some truly amazing minds in the world of science, in the world of physics, in the world of meteors, in the worlds of uh, near-Earth asteroids, and so forth. But I suppose that as an astronomer, uh, Duncan... I have to eat. And so my topic today is, what should astronomers eat, eating green? Now, what do you think about that, Duncan? I mean, don't you think that you, don't you think I need to take care, Duncan, given my frame, um, uh, that uh, I should, I should know, I should be guided by an expert as to what I eat because one spends a huge amount of time eating. That is true, Professor. No matter who you are, what you do, at the end of the day, we all need to eat. That's right. We all need to eat. Now, the point is, uh, thanks to my dear wife, Liz, uh, she had a brilliant idea. And she said, why don't you invite Charlotte uh, Steenkamp into the studios uh, to talk about this? Because she is a real expert in this field. And so I just feel that, you know, I certainly need to eat the right stuff because, um, you know, Lamette uh, discovered that the universe is expanding. And <laughs> I noticed that others in studio expanding as well. Uh, well. Not in studio, but in my in my lecture theaters and so on. So um, it's very important to know what to eat and also the whole idea of solar radiation and eating the right stuff and, you know, without preservatives. And, you know, I'm so aware as a professor of astronomy of the huge damage which can be caused by the um, very high energetic UV rays of our sun. So let me tell you a little bit about Charlotte Jean and uh, go from there. So Charlotte started her um, career, her early career in the worlds of commerce and communication um, achieving her BA honors in marketing communication, which is very important because I think in your area, uh, Charlotte, you need to know how to market and you need to know to, that you know that you know, like Martin Luther King Jr. did, how to communicate. So I think marketing communicating is really cooking with gas. But then uh, what's interesting is Charlotte has devoted her career to uh, a huge interest in um, health, 
She's an expert in clinical nutrition. Well, Duncan, that sounds like something from Mars. Uh, it's, yeah, uh, definitely. You know what I mean? It's this professor's mm-hmm. eating stuff that the clinical guys say, you know, we salute you. Uh, exercise sounds. Well, Duncan, there I have to enroll immediately, of course. <laughs> um, you know, but the interesting thing about Charlotte that my wife and I found is that her interest is deeply personal. She really takes care in what she does. Um, what's very interesting is she was uh, diagnosed and was in hospital, in fact, with a hugely uh, debilitating autoimmune disease in 2007. Uh, she was literally dying at the age of 27. And if you look at her today, Duncan, uh, what do you see? She's more alive than ever, Professor. Yeah, and that's what she says. Mm. Is she says she's the healthiest she's ever been. Now, Charlotte, just tell us a little bit, without going down the Avbob route, but just welcome to studio, Charlotte, and uh, tell us a little bit about um, that incredible moment when you lay there in hospital dying. Thank you, Professor Dave. It's really an honor to be on your show. Thank I'm you. sure I'm going to learn lots of interesting things about me towards today as well. Yes, we shall try. Yes. So for me, that moment in hospital was yes. was understanding that something had to change. Mm-hmm. And being that young and being told that… I know, 27. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, that your your body is literally fighting itself and mm. thinks that it's sick but isn't. Yep. Um, so it's, it's autoimmune. Yep. Yes, it's, mm-hmm. it's a kind of a cancer mm-hmm. without the luxury of calling it one. Mm-hmm. So many doctors don't know how to treat it, and they often just you know wipe their hands and say they're very sorry, but there's nothing they can do. And that really just had to become a moment for me when I just said, listen, there has to be a way, and I just started looking everywhere I could mm-hmm. for alternative treatments because – at the, the bottom of all of our hearts is the desire to live. Absolutely. That is and so true. Yeah. I think that is just so true. Is it not, Duncan? Is Absolutely. That impregnated within each one of us is a desire to live. And survive. And survive. Mm-hmm. Well, Duncan, I actually had a professor friend. Well, he wasn't quite a professor, but he always said to me when I asked him over 20, 30 years, how are you doing? And he said, I'm just surviving. So I wouldn't <laughs> like to be in that state. Yeah. But you are actually amazing, Charlotte, because, you know, I just think of it this way. You know, at NASA, we train astronauts and a very important part of their diet is exactly that, their diet, how they should exercise, but also what they should eat. And we were talking last week and the week before of going to Mars and Neptune and so on. But, you know, the key thing is what should we eat? Now, the point is this. Are we eating the right things or are we eating the wrong things, Charlotte? I think if you look at South Africa, you would say just based on what you see on the rising levels of obesity, um, you know, attention deficit disorders. Yes. Problems with our relationship with food. Yes. Food is now not seen as sort of a, a tool for, for health. It's, it's more the last outpost for emotional problems. Mm-hmm. You could say that we have a lot of information. There's a famous quote, and I'm sorry, I can't remember who Mm -hmm. who said these words, Mm -hmm. that we are drowning in information and starving for knowledge. Mm -hmm. That's incredible. Google that, Duncan. He's going to find it. Just repeat that again. So we are drowning in information Mm -hmm. and starving for knowledge. That's incredible. Mm -hmm. So many of us have lost the basic intuition that we were coded with as human beings, Mm -hmm. depending on how you believe we were coded. Mm -hmm. As any other life form, we know what to eat intuitively. Yes. It was coded within us, but we've lost that intuition. Mm-hmm. And so you find that 
many of us are just living out the, the bad training we received as children. Yes. Without questioning that training. Yes. And a lot of that training is then communicated within movies that we're watching, books that we're reading, uh, the lifestyles that we are following. And so until we, we become really ill, mm-hmm. we, we don't question. Mm-hmm. And, and that's mm-hmm. part that's of true. the problem. Mm-hmm. And so... You are speaking of relationships with food. Now, you know, I always think of human relationships and so on. But, uh, I mean, can one actually, I, I haven't really thought about this too much. But, I mean, would you say that one can actually develop a relationship with food like you can develop a relationship with one of your family members or a member of... Um, you know, I don't know, wherever you're growing up, there's relationships. Uh, would you say you can actually, that food is your companion? Yes, I would say that food is one of the most intimate processes in your experience as Okay, a human now being. I want to stop you there. Why intimate? Is it because you eat silently in the kitchen? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, most of us do, especially when it's something illegal. Yeah. Food activates both your death and your, drive, your, your life drives. Say it again. Food activates both your death and your wow, life drives. That's incredible, Duncan. I better watch my relationships here, brother. Yeah, okay. And, and I'm sure another famous person had that, had that to say. Yeah. yeah so, it was not Churchill because no. he was a bit round. <laughs> no, it wasn't. Yeah, with a rather large hat. Um, so it's yes. definitely, yeah, it's very intimate. So you'd say it's intimate. In other words, you go into the kitchen, nobody's watching, and you just have a whole chocolate at once. Often that is the case. Now, tell me, as a matter of interest, why do we do this? Is it because we don't know how to handle stress? Is it because our body's craving sugar? Is it an insulin problem? I mean, why is it? I mean, I've heard, I've read of, I haven't read too much about this. That's why I'm so thrilled to have you as our esteemed guest today. But the point is, why do people eat a whole slab of chocolate in the kitchen with nobody watching? I mean, there's obviously something, a need there, mm-hmm. uh, to be met. Now, how do you meet the need? How do, yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. Let's put it this way. I'm in the kitchen, Duncan, and I want a slab of chocolate, see, and it's 2 a.m., and nobody's watching me because I'm an astronomer. And so then, you know, the thing is, how do I solve that without eating my chocolate? I'm not saying I do. I'm asking a question, <laughs> Duncan. <laughs> I no. hear that laugh. <laughs> you know, it's, it's a tricky question, but you find that if you look at children and how they learn from their parents, they definitely learn ways of dealing with food. Mm-hmm. So if you had a mom or a dad who was a chocoholic or a sort of um, in the shadows eater, you would have noticed that form of eating and then mm-hmm. you would have associated a certain behavior with that need. And so you find many people who have got um, sort of a dysfunctional expression of a need. It doesn't make any sense. Mm-hmm. You know, are you actually lonely? Mm-hmm. You need to actually mm-hmm. connect with a human being, mm-hmm. share your heart. Mm-hmm. As children, they observed their mom reaching for the X or reaching for the B or their dad mm-hmm. doing it and then learned that that was the coping mechanism. That mm-hmm. was the solution. Mm-hmm. So now they're sim- simply replicating those, those learned behaviors without questioning mm-hmm. because a lot of our relationships with, with food and with things that we do are intuitive. They're, mm-hmm. they're not intentional. Mm-hmm. You don't have a conscious moment go, why do I want to eat this chocolate? Mm-hmm. It's simply an impulse and it's, it's layered. Things mm-hmm. that you learned as a child That's and true. now, yeah. Mm-hmm. Professor, mm-hmm. I, I second everything she says because I know growing up, mm-hmm. uh, my dad would always pressure me to uh, cook yes. and eat. 
and, and uh, eat. He called me skinny. Then mm-hmm. uh, he'd force me to, well, not force me, but he mm-hmm. would encourage me to wake up in the morning, cook, and once mm-hmm. I'm done uh, eating, cook again for later on that mm-hmm. day. Mm-hmm. So now I find myself in the position where I'm, I'm staying alone currently. And mm-hmm. I, 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 when I've cooked or prepared something, I'm forced to finish it because it just might go bad mm. the next day. Mm. So now I'm eating not to be wasteful. Do you know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? I do. Mm-hmm. I do. And would you say that that's a habit which you learned over time from your dad? I think so, Professor, mm-hmm. because uh, every night uh, when I go to sleep, I've, I, I just need to have my tummy full. Like mm-hmm. I need to fill, uh, feel it full. Mm-hmm. Then I know I'm full. I know it's a bad habit. Then mm-hmm. sometimes I go to mm-hmm. sleep uh, feeling so sick I can't even move mm-hmm. just from stuffing mm-hmm. my face. I noticed at a moment in time the other day <laughs> when I was computing the mass of the earth that there was a sudden blip and I did not know the cause for the sudden blip. But now I understand that someone's stomach... <laughs> Was so full <laughs> that even the mathematical computations gave a little blip on the screen, mm. and uh, it was Duncan to blame. So Duncan, you have such a hearty uh, laugh. I think we've forgiven you everything. Uh, Duncan's laugh cracks me up all the time. Um, it keeps us going on the show. So now the point is, what is true health? Pleased, um, Charlotte. So I'm going to give you sort of three aspects of my definition. Obviously, you can have five million, but I've I've nailed it down to three. True health is, number one, sustainable. So it's not me sending you off to a pharmacy and saying, I want you to spend X amount Mm -hmm. on, you know, these vitamins and these supplements. Mm -hmm. So it, it needs to... Yeah, it needs to have longevity written into it. Um, mm-hmm. The second thing, it needs to be accessible to all. So the Gogol who's living in the township, she needs to have just as much chance as I have living where I am to, to be healthy, mm-hmm. you know, if it's, if it's mm-hmm. true health. Mm-hmm. And the third is that it's full of joy. True, yeah, that's true, nice. true health is joyful. Well, it's not a set of do's and don'ts. It's not mm. a set of punishments or regulations. I like that, Duncan. Um, yep. And mm-hmm. so, you know, if you're living with sustainability, you're living with accessibility, and you're living mm. with joyfulness, then it becomes mm. a part of your life, and you mm. like it, and mm. so you'll do it. Mm. Chocolate makes a lot of people happy. It does, and I love chocolate, and I will always tell you eat, to eat some at some points. Yeah. But now the interesting thing is, you know um, – we were just having a chat before we uh, went on on uh, live, and uh, Charlotte said something to me which really made me think, Duncan. And listeners, I'm sure it would uh, rivet you as well. She said that uh, we human beings need to be touched or touch somebody 87 times a day. Is that right, Charlotte? Yes. I mean, my mass was never very hot, but yeah. it was a huge amount. Something like 87. So now, so, you know, I need 87 students, Duncan, immediately to start <laughs> hugging me because, you know, I'm deprived. But now the thing is, seriously, um, I mean, none of us are – I mean, I don't know how many – I mean, we I hug when we come home and so forth. But, I mean, now what do I do for the de- – is that, let me put it this way. Okay, one's not getting 87 hugs. Therefore, do I go and buy Cadbury's, although they're not my sponsors. So often that could be the reason why you are reaching out for surrogate emotional fulfillment. Because it's very you, yeah, you're not experiencing it in your normal, mm-hmm. normal day. Would you say that if I was attached enough, I'd stop eating so much? 
Not that I'm eating so much, but you know what I mean. I am. So the funny thing that the funny thing that happens there is that you find the moment people enter healthy relationships, um, and that could even be a, a better workplace, you know, mm, where they're feeling fulfilled true. in their work. I know. Oh, some some of our workplaces suck, don't they? Uh, and they do, yes. and you can see all sorts of issues mm-hmm. occurring mm-hmm. there. Mm-hmm. They're sort of I call it addictive behavior because it's behavior that you know is bad but you can't stop right, right. immediately right. there's a decrease without right. there being any psychologist involved or counseling right because you're being fulfilled yep I think one of the most frustrating things Duncan is that if you're not fulfilled you you know you're in a work environment but you're not fulfilled you're not joyful you're not you're, your your potential is not being oozed out to its maximum and so there you go and buy another chocolate or binge on something that you shouldn't. And it's very interesting, um, this lack of touch. I think that's extraordinary. And maybe, I mean, what are your ideas, Charlotte, with regard to the social media and the cell phone? Because that, I mean, is totally destroying touch mm-hmm. in the sense that you're in touch with somebody, but you're certainly not touching no. them. So I always encourage people to use social media as a support, not as a primary you know, method of interaction. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. you still need to have your one-on-one. You still need to meet with your friends, share yes, a meal. Absolutely. Um, we've seen a lot of neuroses developing, especially with children who mm-hmm. who are suffering with something called sensory integration um, mm-hmm. disorder. So they're no longer able to use all their their faculties mm. because they've just spent from when they were born to you know five years of age. Just tapping, tapping on a screen. No more hula hooping. Exactly. No more hopscotch. Yep. All your childhood games that actually did immense, mm. immense, you know, good for us growing up, which we didn't know then, but now mm. we're realizing now. Mm. So as much as we can't get away from the screen, because I think it's here to stay for a while, um, you know, you just need to then use it as a, a secondary measure. Don't, mm. don't have it as a primary method of interaction. Mm. Now, with regard to uh, the whole uh, question and focus on um, health, uh, I want to just touch, if I may, before we continue, um, on the um, on the topic of teas. So Duncan uh, Liz, my wife, uh, bought me a whole lot of different teas from uh, Charlotte's company, which is called Africa Grace. Is that right, Charlotte? Yes, there's two. Africa Grace is the pure mm-hmm. organic skin care, and then mm-hmm. Better for Life is oh, mine. Oh, Better for yeah. Life. Okay, okay. So you can either Google uh, Better for Life or Africa Grace. Now, the, I, I don't know what I did, Duncan. I definitely wasn't playing tennis, but I got some inflammation somewhere. I can't remember where it was, and I don't want to remember where it was. But there was something, and my wife got me some anti-inflammatory tea, and I had a couple of tubs, t- cups of this, and I was cooking with gas, Duncan. I mean, I was ready to write another book. I mean, you know what I mean? My inflammation was gone to Mars. It was, you know, or into a black hole. And then there are teas you can buy, Duncan, that are anti-stress teas. Really? So, in other words, you sit there and you have this tea and you no feel you no longer feel like applying for a job at Avbob. Oh. So there's um, anti-stress teas. Um, there's tonics to help you focus. I mean, that's incredible. Are there, is there a tea to lose weight, Professor? Ah, Charlotte, answer that. Indeed, there is. Except we never focus on the weight loss. We focus on improving your health, and the weight loss mm. is just a just a good good nice result. Okay, so what's that tea called? 
So that's part of our cleanse. It's our cleanse okay. tea because okay. most of us are just carrying too many toxins, okay. and that's why the body's not, you okay. know, getting rid of. Get, get me some of that tea, please. Yeah. Yes, we'll take yeah. your order after this. Yeah. Cool. Now the thing is, she spoke about Charlotte. You spoke about cleansing, and listeners, feel free to. Um, oh, this is awesome. Duncan's got African Grace on the screen. So it's Africa. Africa Grace. You just need this to take that in away. Uh, yes. Uh, okay. Because it says African Grace here. Yeah? But it's yours. Yes? No. Okay. So that, it's Africa Grace. Yes. So without okay. the N. Okay. So let's read the right one. Africa Grace. So there's some images for Africa Grace. But we need to find it, Duncan. It should just be www.africagrace.com. Uh, okay. So www.africagrace.com. You're listening to Professor David Block. I'm interviewing Charlotte. And Charlotte is an expert in nutrition. And the reason why I'm specifically interested in this is because I need to know what to eat as an astronomer. I need to know what to eat to feel good. I need to know what to eat in order to feel great. Because eating is a huge part of our lives. And uh, I'm just looking at someone being rubbed here, Duncan. What's happening on that right page there? Our events. Oh, let's go into that. It looks interesting. So let's just, it, it ties up with touch. Okay. So what Charlotte has uh, told me is that, for example, uh, it's very, I found this interesting. Duncan, I tell you, I, I don't find many things interesting. But have you ever been scrubbed? Uh, no, 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 no. But I did go to a spa once, but okay. I, I scrubbed myself. Okay. The guy that, that offered yeah. to scrub me was another guy. So. Yeah, no, I know, I know, I know. I know. Oh, Duncan, I don't know. <laughs> this world is scrubbing. <laughs> I'd have to give it thought before I allow anybody to scrub me. Yeah, but yeah. the point is, the point is apparently you feel great afterwards. Um, scrubbing, Professor David Block. <laughs> scrubbing. Anyway. So, anyway, apparently I'm going to feel great. So, the important thing is this. I do live in a world where I'm very involved with people. I sometimes lecture to 10,000 people in one go, in one sitting. And I'm very aware of people's emotional needs. I'm deeply in touch with their emotional needs. And I'm, you know, nine times out of ten I realize when I see people who are grossly obese that um, there are hugely unfulfilled needs. Maybe emotional needs, maybe sexual needs, um, but unfulfilled uh, needs for Sia, for example, it might be not enough parting, but um, there are distinct needs in people's lives. Now, tell us about the different. I mean, you, you, first of all, I think let's just tell listeners first of all about Africa Grace and the Africa Grace Green Christmas Market, which is coming up soon. That's one of the reasons I wanted to have you on, is because we need to get this stuff. Um, tell us about Africa Grace and then your market. So Africa Grace is one of South Africa's pure organic skincare ranges. I think that at this point, we're probably one of five in the world that don't use any preservatives. Mm -hmm. So we use your heirloom method of actually making cold cream, which Queen Sheba and Cleopatra spent lots of time and probably lots of scientists on that routinely got sacrificed mm -hmm. if they didn't come up with the right formula. And after petrol became quite a normal, common thing in society, scientists, mm -hmm. who are very clever, found a way to use Thank the waste you. products. Um, you're welcome. Yeah. Um, to turn the petrol waste products into cream. So that's why today we have a petrochemical industry. Yes. 
instead of a, a pure cream industry. Mm-hmm. So what most people don't realize is that before the Industrial Revolution took place, cream was actually pure. It, it came from mm-hmm. floral hydrosols, beeswax, borax, and mm-hmm. plant butters. And it mm. was the best thing for your skin. I mean, you used mm. to have um, British ladies sell everything to get their cold cream. Mm. And they would go to their local apothecary, uh, which is a terrible word to say, but you can all Google it to get the correct spelling. Mm-hmm. And it was someone who was like a doctor, but they would only work with herbs and natural substances. Sangoma. Yeah, mm. but, you know, without all the beads and feathers and stuff. Mm. So... um the, the whole skincare industry was a much purer, cleaner one before petrol. Mm-hmm. And then after petrol came, lots of things changed, including our oceans. Mm-hmm. And so Africa Grace really just aims to bring us back to heirloom, um, you know, skincare, organic, organic um, that isn't pretending to be pure, that is. And so everything that we make is made by hand, mm-hmm. um, which is also really important because mm-hmm. then you keep the integrity of the, of the ingredients. Mm-hmm. And our green market is, to showcase amazing green entrepreneurs who are just doing incredible things with Give artisanal work. Mm-hmm. So using recycled materials to make toys. Mm-hmm. Now mm-hmm. we all know how long toys last with children. Mm-hmm. You know, not that long. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you can find a way to use, you know, plastic and things that are going to, you know, get filled into our landfills anyway to make these beautiful creative toys that Stimulate fine and gross motor skill development mm. that are fun to play with, very tactile, very sensory. Um, you know, people who are making their own breads, making their own cheeses, um, again, preservative free. So the whole definition of green is step away from the petrol, step away from the chemicals, step away from poisoning the yeah. ocean. Yeah. Use your natural resources, yeah. safeguard your heritage yeah. and make Make by hand. You know, yeah. that's kind of the ethos behind it. So the market is to showcase mm-hmm. people who are doing that and to make green just a normal thing. Mm. You know, I not think just it should be. Yeah. Don't you think a green would be a bit more expensive than that's why people don't, wouldn't rather go green? Now, the funny thing there is that if you, I mean, I know myself now, if you buy green, you actually end up spending less because A, you eat less. It's a strange thing, but you satiate it quicker. Mm. So instead of having to have that big plate full of food and then you still want a snack afterwards and then you want another snack yeah you know you may as well just snack while you're sleeping you know <laughs> I, you've wish, got, I wish i could <laughs> you, you've it's got another blip on the screen exactly. <laughs> oh gosh yeah, there are some skills we don't want um you've got a, a small plate that is nutritionally dense i mean mm-hmm. i tested this on myself mm-hmm. and you are just you full you full but you're not full as in i'm gonna die and kill over you you're mm-hmm. nice full and so you find that if you go the green route, you actually spend less. And it's a weird kind of concept trying to get it across to people because your your clothes last longer mm. because they're made from, you know, real cotton Amazing. and sewn by real people. Amazing. Your shoes last longer because they're made from leather. You know, it's just a whole sure. long chain of Your wife why. lasts longer because exactly. she's real. <laughs> <laughs> That's <laughs> not online. Yeah. So yeah. It's it's actually a more it's a more sustainable way yeah. of living. Yeah. 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 Now it says to drink rooibos tea on your website. I must place a towel over my head. Um I don't, yeah, I'm clearly out of face. <laughs> it's a tip. This. It's a tip, professor. It's a tip. No, seriously. What she's saying is, as a young boy, I suffered from terrible sinusitis. I mean, I so bunged up that uh, Dove said I should come and apply for a job there because I just I looked dead. I mean, you know. 
So, what happened was, is they told me to steam. So, I know what she's talking about here. But now, what, what do I steam with? Do I, is it with rooibos tea? That's yes, interesting. Yes, rooibos tea and sea salt. Tell us more. So, rooibos is one of our local teas. Yes, I we, love it. We really just I love to, it. yeah, mm-hmm. we love to promote what grows here naturally. You mm-hmm. know, um, there's a there's a there's a way of thinking that just explains that what grows naturally in your own biome, so your own mm-hmm. uh, geography, yeah, is the best for you. Did you yeah. know that the 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 honey that is produced. In your area, in your suburb, uh-huh. it's the, is the best honey for you because it has all the antihistamines that you need for the pollen in your area. That's extremely interesting. So mm. it just keeps on pointing the fact that going local is actually just a no-brainer. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it's better all around. So mm-hmm. rooibos contains a high, high level of antioxidants. Mm-hmm. It's freely available. You don't have to import it from, you know, some interesting country. Mm-hmm. And it's also one of the teas that... Not only does it clean your skin, but it also infuses your epithelium membrane, and that's a nice term for the long sort of tract that goes from your nose all the way down, mm-hmm. okay, mm-hmm. with those antioxidants, and it kills the, the bacteria and the viruses mm-hmm. that like to grow in cold climates because it's warm. Mm-hmm. It's warm and it's hot. Mm-hmm. So it literally gives them an injection of hot air. Mm-hmm. They have to die. Mm-hmm. And it gives you a boost of antioxidants, which mm-hmm. are really good to keep you healthy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it's just a it's a winner all around, mm-hmm. and it's mm-hmm. also really affordable. You know, mm-hmm. it's not an exotic tea that no, you have course. to spend a lot on. Of course. So, listeners, we're going to have a music break, but just before we do, um, where do you buy this stuff? Where do you get hold of this amazing green produce? Well, there's an actual market coming up called Africa Grace Green Christmas Market. So these are ideal. I mean, I've got some in front of me. Duncan has too. And uh, it looks just absolutely, I'm just so excited because it's natural, it's sustainable. Uh, you touch yourself when you put it on, as long as it's that's understood correctly. <laughs> and um, so uh, I need to investigate all these different domains. So what you need to do is diarize the 28th of November, which is a Saturday, and you just go to 31 Main Street, 31 Main Street in Albertville, which is near Northcliffe. You just punch into your GPS, 31 Main Street, Albertville. And, I mean, it's just awesome when I see um, not only will there be stuff made by hand, and uh, but there'll be stuff made by green entrepreneurs. These are not aliens, but these are people who specialize in making things from wood and from pottery. So tell us, Charlotte, what is your favorite piece of music that we're going to listen to? Well, there's been a combination of, of tracks put onto that CD, mm-hmm. so I have no real idea. Okay, Duncan's going to play and you'll listen. It's beautiful.
You are listening to Professor David Block, and I have the honor and pleasure of each week introducing special guests um, from all around the world, in fact, from New York and elsewhere. And today, our special guest is Charlotte, who is an expert on nutrition and sustainable health care. Her dream is to help me be joyful in terms of after eating, not lying down on the bed like Duncan might, but just to be cooking with gas. And uh, they've organized this most incredible green Christmas market, uh, 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. on Saturday, the 28th of November at 31 Main Street in Albertville. And all these products which she's been discussing uh, will be um, available there. Now, Duncan has brought up one or two interesting quotes the one is very interesting, actually. The problem is obesity runs in our family. You know, that's what people may, may say. And the answer the person writes is, no, the problem is no one runs. So <laughs> I think that that's very good, is that obesity runs in the family and no one runs So in the family. So um, that's very true, especially in the block family. So, um, you know, we're trying to get our kids to walk the dog, but it's easier to put a craft on Pluto. So um, now Anne Wigmore, Anne Wigmore came up with a beautiful quote. And Charlotte, I'd like you just to listen to it as I read it and then just to comment on it, please. She says, and I quote, the food you eat can be either the safest and most powerful form of medicine or the slowest form of poison, unquote. Your comments, please, Charlotte. That's a very a very wise and also a very brave comment to make because many people wouldn't agree. They would see food as a benign substance that simply has, you know, a, the purpose of, of filling you or not filling you. And what we've found is that there's a, there's a funny system at play here. So if you inherited very healthy genes from your parents mm-hmm. – you're able to uh, survive uh, much longer without any health challenges that are visible, mm-hmm. okay, emphasis being mm-hmm. invisible, right. for far longer. But mm-hmm. you'll come to a certain age, generally between 40 and 50, when your digestive enzymes in your stomach have started to decrease. And obviously your, your aging has started to increase. Mm-hmm. And other things have started to happen. And I then, love that feeling. <laughs> you know, people say you've got beautiful grandchildren, for example, when they're my sons. Yes, yeah. sorry, I'm Charlotte. And then, and then you will have a moment where you realize, you know, the food that you've been eating has actually been slowly poisoning you. That's interesting. Uh, my optometrist, Charlotte, says, are you over 40 profs? I said, yes. So I said, everything sags then the prof, including your retina. So do help us, Charlotte. Yeah, it's definitely a case of... Yep. Just taking stock early, as early as you can in okay. your life. Okay, okay. So I have a question here. I, uh, 
met Mr. Mandela a couple of times, as you know, and he always struck me as a man of intense discipline, but also a man of great inner joy, um, but also a man who was very fit. I mean, he never, he, did he, Duncan? He never looked fat. He was never obese. He yeah, come to think, I he mean, was a boxer, though. He mm. was a boxer. I mean, but the point is, he must have realized that food uh, could be the slowest forms of poison. I mean, with, uh, I mean, would you agree that he just obviously ate the right things? I know he's very keen on growing his own tomatoes on Robben Island. Yes, he was definitely what we would call sort of the second generation from the the coded wisdom. So he had taken on the wisdom of I see of his of his grandmother of his of his people. I see, and he had continued. I with see, it. I see. And he always looked so fit, so healthy. He always was ready to go. And I mean, you, he had so many appointments to keep. So I mean, is food the secret here? In other words, if we're lethargic, are we really eating? The wrong stuff. Are we actually poisoning our bodies and our minds? You definitely could be. When you look at a maths equation, we were chatting about this earlier. Mm. To to equal health, you would have ninety percent of your health equation being vested in food, yep. and ten percent being vested in exercise. Yep. Now that is profound, yep. and that changes the way mm-hmm. you live. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Would you agree with that statistic, Duncan? And um, without putting you on the spot. But I don't know, with me, I suppose it's true. I suppose it is true that I spend so much of my time exercising my brain mm. and my body shows the results. Um, so, and now, how do, I mean, you know, obviously I need to know more myself. And as someone who uses computers a lot, uh, where do I go to find out more about uh, Charlotte, about, um, you know, Africa Grace of Better Four, the number four life. Where do we go to read about this? And I just find this so awesome. So you can go online. We've, we've got a website, www.better and then the number four life. Okay, so it's www.better and then the number four and life, betterforlife.com, yes? Dot uh, Coza. Yes, okay. we wanted to have something South African. Okay, good. Okay, so that's green, yes. And then we, we have www.africagrace.com because it's a, it's an African continent skincare brand. Okay. And you can definitely find out more about us there. We also have some interesting articles and via email, we're also very open to questions, answers. We're on Facebook, mm. so you just Google the names of our companies. Mm-hmm. We're there. We're on Twitter. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So tell us in conclusion, um, what is your dream for Africa or for your dream for South Africa in terms of health? I know you might say that one's dream is to see people, um, you know, having more intimate relationships with their food. Duncan, that's an extraordinary thought I've just said. I haven't thought about it as a prof before, but uh, you and I are encouraged to have intimate relationships with our food. The point is we do, Mm -hmm. but what is your dream, Charlotte? I would love to see South Africans come back to a place of true, true living where they are growing their own food and it's it's normal. It's not something strange that you're doing. Mm -hmm. They're making their own food. Mm. And they're sharing their own food. If I go to a typical store without naming one, but if I went to a store, does nearly everything I buy have preservatives in it? Just about everything. Everything that has been um, processed in a certain way mm-hmm. has to have a preservative to enhance mm-hmm. the shelf life. And sugar in yes. general? Yes. Sugar mm-hmm. in general is just something, if you could, just mm-hmm. avoid it. Now, I was speaking to a physician who is an expert at ICU, and he said that sugar can be likened to 
uh, heroin or cocaine, I can't remember which one, but in terms of addiction. And um, he placed a great emphasis on actually reducing one's sugar intake. But I just love the way you focus on the words green. And in the last minute, could you just wrap this up for me? Um, but just before you do, 31 Main Street, Albertville, Saturday, November 28, 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. But tell us what your dream is in terms of, you know, Exiting the studio, being, reaching the cutting edge of eating green. I would love for us just to go back to the ways that we used to live, to learn from the ancient wisdom that has been around for so long, and to just come back to being human, knowing what we need, and to do it with peace, peace and love and joy, those things that we've forgotten, Mm -hmm. just to go back there. You know, Duncan, I'll conclude with this thought, and thank you so much, Charlotte, our esteemed guest. You know, I read a lot about Cleopatra, um, Duncan, Mm. and, uh, you know, her skin was, of course, incredible and so forth. You can Google it to see her skin. And uh, she had people who would bath her, but the point is she would have people who would care for her skins, and she'd have people who would care what she ate. And perhaps there is a lot to be said for what Charlotte has been emphasizing in terms of going back to the ancient ways, ways when people knew how to care for their skins, knew when people knowing what to eat, when to eat it, knowing when it is to touch, knowing when it is to reach, knowing when it is to live, knowing when it is to talk, and then finally knowing when it is to conclude your interview. It is exactly 3 p.m. This Professor David Block uh, with his guest Charlotte signing out and seeing you next week. This is CliffCentral.com.